0: No. Verily the praise belongs to Allah. We praise Him. Seek His assistance and forgiveness. And we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds. Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray. And whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide him. I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone, and that he has no partners or associates. And I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa is his slave servant and his messenger. This evening, in this, our 11th lecture concerning the explanation of matters of creed or aqidah as they have been outlined in question and answer format by Hafiz the great scholar Hafiz al-Hakami rahimahullah in his book entitled A'lam al-Sunnah al-Manshura the the milestones or the the signposts that are along the road of the people who are interested in knowing what is the correct creed or the correct aqidah of a taifa al-Najiyah, al-Manshura the victorious and saved group that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would make victorious in this world in one way or another and that those who would be saved uh, in the next life from the punishment that will befall those who have deviated even temporarily and those who have disbelieved permanently in the previous lectures we have discussed a number of points recently we have discussed the second aspect of the deen of Allah that is Al-Iman after having discussed the pillars of Islam, the five pillars of Islam and in this section dealing with Al-Imam, the Shaykh Al-Alamah Al-Hakami rahimahullah, he has begun to discuss the first pillar of Iman, that is Al-Iman Billahi, having faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in this discussion, he has gone into great detail to explain this very important fundamental, that is the believing in Allah which entails, as he said, in one of the earlier questions under this section, that it entails the confirmation or the affirmation of Allah's existence, and then the confirmation or the affirmation of the aspects of a Tawheed that are confirmed in the Qur'an and in the Sunnah, that is Tawheed al-Rububiyyah concerning Allah's Lordship, that He is the Creator and the Provider and the One who controls the affairs of the universe, as well as Tawheed al-Uluhiyyah or Ubudiyyah, which deals with the fact that Allah is the only one that deserves to be worshipped and under that topic he talked about the opposite of Tawheed and uduhiya, and that is Shirk and that is the two types major and minor Shirk and then finally he entered into the topic of Tawheed and Asma wa Sifat the Tawheed that deals with the names of Allah and his characteristics and under this section because of the importance of it and the lack of knowledge amongst many of the people, meaning the Muslims, of course. Because of this, he has, he has listed a number of questions dealing with the Tawheed of the names of Allah, yani that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone has the right to be described with the most beautiful names, al-asma, al-husna, and with the sublime or lofty characteristics, the sifat, al-ula, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described himself with or named himself with and that his prophet Muhammad sallallahu has described him with or named him with in the authentic sunnah. So, uh, <clears throat> in the last lecture, one of the questions that we talked about, it mentioned uh, that the meanings that are derived from the name of Allah al-Ali, al-A'la. And the shaykh has said concerning this, that what this confirms, this name, what it confirms is the characteristic for Allah, the sifa of al ulu al ulu And he has said that this ulu, it is confirmed for Allah in all of its meanings. And he said that, he mentioned three types of al ulu uloo fawqiyatihi, yani the loftiness or the highness, the exaltedness of Allah's fawqiyah his being above above everything of the creation and this actually it is referred to by some of the scholars as fawqiyah al that yani, al it means that Allah himself that his divine being is above the heavens and the earth and above the throne and then he mentioned ulu yani Allah's supremacy that he has subdued and conquered and vanquished everything in the creation, and everything is in submission and humbled before Him and His power and His authority. And then He mentions ulu shanihi, the loftiness of His status or His rank. And this has been referred to by most of the scholars as al qadr or ulu al qadr. And this means, as sheik Abdurrahman al Sa'di said, ulu al qadr, or as Shaykh al Hakami refers to here, ulu shanihi. He said it refers to the highness or the loftiness of Allah's characteristics, Allah's greatness and His glory and His majesty. Uh, after this, he mentions the evidences for this fawqiyah of Allah being above the creation from both the Quran as well as the Sunnah. And the question that remains concerning Allah's, the loftiness or the highness of Allah's that what remains concerning that is the final question related to that before going on to the other type of al-ulūl ulu al-qahr the question that the shaykh al hakami rahimahullah mentions, question number 67 what have the a'immat al-deen min al-salaf al-salih what have they said maatha qala a'immat al-deen al-salaf al-salih fi mas'alat al istiwa. Yani, what have, have the Imams, the leaders, the scholars of this deen, the Deen of Allah, what have they said? Those specifically he mentioned Minas Salaf as Yani, not the scholars of today, but what did the scholars of the early generations, the righteous predecessors, the first generations of the Muslims, the Sahaba and the tabi'in and the Atba tabi'in, what did they say concerning this issue of Al ال- Istiwa? Ascension, Allah's ascending above the throne. Allah rising above the throne. As mentioned in the proofs from the previous questions, both from the Qur'an as well as the Sunnah. What did the righteous predecessors, the scholars from amongst the early generation of the Muslims, what did they say concerning al-istiwa, the ascension of Allah above the throne? And then he says that their statements, all of them, taala, it is that al-istiwa, that istiwa, the ascending of Allah, Above the throne, it is not unknown. It is not unknown. Some of the narrations from Al Malik have a different wording. However, this wording is more accurate. Al Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih al explained in differentiating between the two narrations or the two statements that have been reported from the scholars, especially Al Imam Malik, concerning this. He said, Al istiwa ghayr Some of the narrations said, Al istiwa is Al istiwa is noom. However, in this statement, he said it is not unknown. And the meaning is basically the same. and the how of Allah's ascending, and in His ascension, it is known. The meaning of it is known in the Arabic language. It is very clear what this expression istiwa, what it means in Arabic. It is known what it means, as, this, as most of the scholars of Sunnah said. It means that it means al Highness, or ir that He went up, or surub, that He rose up. This is the meaning of istiwa. However, the how of it, how does Allah ascend? He said, this is ghayr ma'akul. In some of the narrations, he said, ghayr ma'loom. Yani istiwa is known, but the how of it is unknown. Here, in this narration, it is more particular. It said, it is ghayr ma'akul. Meaning, it cannot be known by the aql. The intellect cannot understand the how of Allah's characteristics, His qualities or His actions. Just as we cannot know how is Allah's divine being, we don't know how it is. We know that Allah exists, but how is it, we don't know. And likewise, his actions and his qualities and his characteristics, we don't know. There are only two ways to know, either by the intellect, by using the intellect, or by revelation. Allah has not revealed the how of it. And here, Ali imam Malik, as it is reported from him, he said the how of it is غير معقول. It cannot be known by the aql. It cannot be known by the mind Therefore if it cannot be understood by the mind And no revelation has come concerning it Then it is It is not possible to know well, While believing or having faith in it is obligatory was su'al anhu bid'ah, And asking about it is innovation Asking about the how of Allah's characteristics And his qualities and his actions How does he ascend? How does he descend? This is innovation Because the companions of the Prophet وسلم, They have not asked him about it they have not asked him how. They know what he means in Arabic language when he said, Summa Stawa al Arsh. Then Allah ascended above the arsh. They understood the meaning of it. As for the how of it, exactly how does he ascend, they didn't know and they didn't ask. And the Prophet didn't explain. وسلم, nor did the later generations who came after them ask how. Therefore asking about it, it is innovation. Then Some of the scholars like the Shaykh, the Shaykh of Al-Imam Malik, the Shaykh Rabiah, Ibn Abi Abdurrahman, he added to the statement, he said, وَمِنَ اللَّهِ الرِّسَالَةِ That the message, it is from Allah. وَعَلَى الرَّسُولِ الْبَلَادِ And it is upon the messenger to deliver it. The message is from Allah and it is the responsibility of the messenger to deliver it wa And it is upon us, the true believers, to merely believe in it. at to testify to the truthfulness of it with tasleem and to submit to it with full submission without questioning it or arguing over it. This is the answer that the shaykh al-Hakami, rahimahullah, has given concerning the statement of the imams of this deen from amongst the Salaf al-Sali concerning the issue of istiwa. That istiwa, it is something which is not unknown. Its meaning is known. The how of it, it is not possible to know by the intellect. It is not possible. Believing in it is obligatory. Because Allah has confirmed it in the Quran in clear language, and the Prophet ﷺ has confirmed it in authentic hadith. Therefore it is wajib to believe in it. Was su'al anhu, Meaning asking about the how of it, the kafiyah of it, that is innovation. The message is from Allah, the deliverance of that message is upon the messenger of Allah and it is our responsibility to believe in it and to submit to it. He said this is what they have said concerning all of the ayat in the Quran concerning the asma of Allah and the sifat of Allah and that which has come in the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. This is what they have said concerning these ayat and this is what they have said concerning these hadith that deal with the names of Allah and the sifat of Allah. They said as Allah said in the Quran In Surah Al-Imran chapter 3 verse 7 آمنا bihi Kulun min عند ربنا bihi. We believe in it We believe in it That is the تصديق Kulun min عند ربنا That is the تسليم All of it is from our Lord Therefore we submit to it And we surrender And we don't debate or argue Or attempt to refute it And as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Imran Chapter 3 verse 52 Minna Billahi bi bian Muslimun. That we believe in Allah. That is the testicle of what Allah has delivered. The testifying to the truthfulness of it. Therefore bear witness that we are of the Muslims, those who submit and who surrender to that which has been delivered through the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And that which He has delivered concerning this matter. It is the, that which is required of the Muslims to believe in concerning the ulu or the laftibis or the highness, the exaltedness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all of the meanings of al-ulu as he has mentioned in the previous question. In the next question he talks about another aspect of al-ulu. Ulu fawqiyatihi. That Allah's being above. That it is a highness of His being above. And now he talks about ulu al-qahr. Al-qahra it means to conquer or to vanquish or to subdue, that everything is subjected in total submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that He is the one that is supreme over everything, through His might and through His power. So everything has to submit to Him and humble itself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he said, What is the proof? What is the Dalil of Ulu Al Min al Kitab from the Quran? What is the evidence that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's supremacy over everything, that it is high, that it is not like the conquering or the vanquishing of the creatures, but it is high above everything. There is no other one along with him in this characteristic. He is supreme over all. He said the evidences of this are many, from amongst them is the saying of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala in Surah Al-An'am, chapter 6, verse 18. And there is almost a sim- an exact statement similar to this, or at least the, the, the phrase that he has quoted from this ayah. It is also repeated in the same chapter Surah Al-An'am chapter 6 verse 61 The saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al الْقَاهِرُ فَوْقَ عِبَادِهِ That he Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-qahir Fawqa ibadihi He is the one who is supreme over his servants Over all the servants Everything is in total submission to him وَهُوَ الْحَكِيمُ الْخَبِيرُ And he is the one who is all wise In the way that he controls the affairs of the universe And he is khabir The one who knows best What is in the interest of his creatures in his ruling over them. Some of the scholars said, It means he is Al Ali Al Ghalib, that he is the one who is very high and he is the one who has overcome everything in the creation. He said, This ayah, That he is the one who is supreme above his servants, he said, This contains the meaning, contains two meanings. And it also contains the meaning of al-fawqiyah. Yani and these two meanings are contained here. Ulu al-qahr, that Allah's supremacy over everything it is high. And it also contains the meaning of fawqiyah, that Allah is above. That Allah is above because He said He is al-qahir fawqa ibadihi. He is not just al-qahir, but He is al-qahir fawqa ibadihi. Also from the proofs of the highness of Allah's qahr, or His supremacy over everything, is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah al-Zumar chapter 39 verse 4 and the shaykh quotes the portion of the ayah which mentions that which he meant, means to use as a proof subhanahu huwa allahu al-wahidul qahhar and the beginning of this ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says wa la warad allah ay yattakhidha waladan mimma yakhluqu ma yasha." that if Allah, if Allah, it is not so but if Allah wanted to take a son, as they claim, as they falsely attribute to him that he has a son, or that he has a spouse, or that he has whatever they have falsely attributed to him. He said, if Allah, if Allah wanted to take a son, Then he would have chosen. From that which he created, from his creatures, he would have chosen whatever he wills. Yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he would not take a son. It is not becoming, it is not befitting of Allah's majesty and his greatness and his glory that he take a son. But were he to take a son, it wouldn't be by marriage and giving birth. It would be by taking something from the creatures that he has created as a son for him. But that is also unbefitting of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he refutes such an idea by saying as the shaykh has quoted here Subhanahu Subhanahu at tasbih it means it is the affirmation of perfection for Allah and it is the negation of any type of imperfection for Allah and that which they accused him of taking a son that is imperfection Allah has no need of a son so he said Subhanahu Huwa al-wahidul qahar that he is Allah how can he take a son he is Allah al-wahid al-qahar The one unique, al Qaha, the one who is supreme over everything. There are six verses in the Quran that mention these two names together. Al-Wahid, Al-Qahha. In fact, every place where Al-Qahha came in the Quran, it came with this name, Al-Wahid. Al-Wahid, Al-Qahha. And some of the scholars have discussed this point. Another verse that he mentions, which contains these two names, is the saying of Allah in Surah Al-Ghafir, Chapter 40, Verse 16. Liman to whom belongs the sovereignty or the dominion or the kingdom, اليوم. This is on Yom qiyamah. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will have the people all in front of Him. And everything of their matter, everything will be seen, everything, nothing will be hidden from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The creatures with their defects and their shortcomings and their weakness and their inability, it will all be clear. And it will be obvious. And on, at that time it will be said, لِمَنَ الْمُلْقَ الْيَوْمُ he whose is the kingdom or the authority or the dominion, al-yawm, yawm And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will answer, lillahi al-wahid al That it all belongs to Allah al-wahid, the one who is unique. And there is no other one besides him to share with him or to be equal to him or to be compared to him. He is al-wahid al-qahar, the one who is supreme and powerful over everything. And then he mentioned the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from Surah al chapter 38, verse 65. قُلْ إِنَّمَا أَنَا مُنْذِرٌ Yani he is saying to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم say, إِنَّمَا أَنَا مُنْذِرٌ That indeed, verily, I am only a warner. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم doesn't have any authority except that which Allah has sent him to fulfill. قُلْ إِنَّمَا أَنَا مُنْذِرٌ وَمَا مِنْ إِلَهٍ إِلَّا اللَّهِ الْوَاحِدُ And there is nothing, there is no nothing that deserves to be worshipped Except Allah. وَمَا مِنْ الاهن. In the Arabic language, the meaning of this is the same as لا ilaha. وَمَا مِنْ الاهن. There is absolutely no إِلَاه إِلَّا الله. Except Allah al-Wahid al-Qahar The one who is unique and he is supreme over everything. Sheikh Abdurrahman Rahman سعدي رحمه Allah i this ayat in his tafsir, uh, he discussed the beginning, the meaning of the ayat from the beginning of it, and the meaning here of wa ma min ilahin illallah. He said it means that there is no one that deserves to be worshipped, or there is no one, يعني يعبد بِحَقٍ إلا الله. There is no one that is worshipped with the right, يعني one, no one that is worshipped that has the right to be worshipped except Allah, al wahid al-qahhah. He said. It means that this is the confirmation or the affirmation of Allah's uluhiyah. Yani these two names are to confirm that Allah is the only one that deserves to be worshipped. When he said, وَمَا مِنْ min إِلَّا اللَّهِ That there is nothing which deserves to be worshipped except Allah. The proof of it or from the proofs of it is that he is al القحى. He is the one who is one and alone and unique. And who is supreme over everything. He said, this is the confirmation of his uluhiyah with this clear and definite decisive proof that he is alone and that he he has conquered or vanquished everything. For indeed, Al-Qahra, this characteristic of supremacy or vanquishing or conquering everything, it is inseparable from the characteristic of being unique. It is inseparable. That's why he said Al-Wahil al qahar He said, because there cannot be two conquerors that are equal in their ability to conquer or to overcome or to vanquish. There cannot be two of them. Therefore, there can only be one who is the true conqueror. That is the one who has conquered everything. And he is the one that there is nothing like him. He is the one that deserves to be worshipped alone, just as he is the one who is supreme alone. There is no other supreme being with him. Therefore, he is the only one that deserves to be worshipped. He said this has also been confirmed, the fact that Allah deserves, that Allah is the only one that deserves to be worshipped in the end of the ayat, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Rabbu السماوات والارض وما بينهما, that He is the Rabb of the heavens and the earth and whatever is between them. He is the creator of them, and He is the one who nourishes them, and He is the one who controls them with every type of control or arranging of their affairs, and this is also a confirmation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's his right to be worshiped alone <coughs> then the shaykh also mentions other ayats that are similar uh, in meaning of this proof that the proofs of allah's loftiness or his highness in terms of his supremacy and his power and authority over everything he mentioned the saying of allah from surah Tahood, chapter 11 verse 56 min dabatin that there is no creature that is crawling or moving on the earth. There is no creature living on the earth except that he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is taking it by its forelock, That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the control over it. Absolute and complete control over it. And likewise, similar to this, is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah rahman chapter 55, verse 33. The saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as some of the scholars said, that this also, this ayah, it is related to the mawqif or the situation that the people will be on Yom qiyamah. when Allah will inform them of their inability and of their weakness and the perfection of His authority and that His will is the only will that is executed and His power over the people. He will inform them of this and then He will say to them, like in, in a way of a challenge to them, Ya ma'ashar al jinn wal ins assembly of jinn and men إِنِ أَن مِنْ السَّمَوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ That if you are able to go beyond the, the zones or the regions of the heavens and the earth and yani if you are able to escape from the dominion, from the kingdom and the authority and the power of Allah Then go, go forth If you are able to do so, Allah challenged them Can they escape from His authority لَا إِلَّا بِالسُلْطَانِ They will never be able to escape, they will never be able to go outside of the authority of Allah because Allah's authority is supreme over the heavens and the earth and whatever is between them. Therefore, they will never have any ability to do so. They cannot do so except with an authority and the whole of the authority belongs to Allah alone. So this is what the shaykh has mentioned concerning the proofs of the qahra, the supremacy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the highness of his qahra over the whole of the creation then he mentioned in question number 69, what is the dalil or the evidence of Allah's qahra from the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ and he said the evidences from the sunnah are many. From amongst them is the saying of the Prophet ﷺ, reported by al Muslim in his Sahih and Abu Dawood and Ibn Majah in the Sunan. He said, بك من كل دابة that I seek refuge in you Allah from the evil of every moving creature that you are taking it by its fall, that you have control over, that you have power over that is every creature that is in the earth or that is in above the earth or below the earth in existence also of the proofs from the Sunnah he said in the saying of the Prophet وسلم, which is reported in the Musnad of Imam Ahmed and the Shaykh al-Albani has declared this hadith to be sahih in a number of his books, including Silsala al al Sahihah and Kalim al and other books. He said that this hadith is sahih, even though some of those who have checked Alam al some in some of the editions of it in the notes, some of them have uh, questioned the authenticity of this hadith. However, the shaykh has given a lengthy discussion of it in his sahihah, proving its authenticity, the statement of the Prophet ﷺ, Allahumma inni abduka, وَإِبْنُ عَبْدِكَ وَإِبْنُ أَمَتِكَ نَاسِيَةِ بِيَدِكَ مَعْضٍ فِيَّ حُكْمُكْ عَدْلٌ فِيَّ قَضَعُكْ O oh Allah, verily I am your slave and the son of your slave and the son of your female slave and my forelock is in your hand, yani it is under your control, that I am under your authority completely and your ruling, your حُكْم, it is مَعْضٍ yani it is executed, it is ongoing the ruling that Allah has made, it is yani executed in my life وَعَدْلُنْ فِيَّ خَضَعُكْ And whatever you have decreed for your justice. يعني عَدْلُنْ فِيَّ خَضَعُكْ يعني what you have decreed it is just. يعني what you have decreed concerning me it is indeed just. And this is also a proof that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has control over everything. In the words نَاسِيَةِ بِيَدِكْ يعني that my forelock is in your hand. Meaning يعني, the complete control it is in the hand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Many me mention the saying of the Prophet sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The hadith which is reported by al the al-Tirmidhi, the sunan And others have reported it And that hadith is also sahih The saying of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam إِنَّكَ تَقْدِي وَلَا يُقْدَعَ عَلَيْكَ إِنَّهُ لَا يَذِلُّ مِنْ وَالَيْتُ مِنْ عدي. That O oh Allah verily you are the one who decrees Who decides what will happen in this universe And there's no one who can decide over what you have decided Indeed Whom you have taken as an ally Can be abased or degraded And no one can be honored If you take them as your enemy And this is in the dua That the Prophet ﷺ taught Concerning the Canute Then the shaykh Talked about the third aspect Of Al-Ulu That he mentioned in the earlier question The first of them being The Ulu of the that (laughs) <laughs> that Allah's divine being is high and the second of them being the Ulu of his Qadr or his Qahar, yani his power and authority and supremacy over everything and in this one he talks about Ulu al-Sha'in some of the scholars like Sheikh Abdurrahman al-Sa'idi and Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salim Thaymeen, they have referred to this aspect of ulu as Al-Ulu al-Qadr Al-Qadr yani, meaning the, uh, the status or the rank that Allah's status or his rank, is very high. As Shaykh Abdurrahman al-Sa'adi, he said, he said, this it means, Ulu sifatihi wa He said it means the highness of his characteristics and the greatness of his characteristics and that there is nothing of the creatures that can be similar to him or equal to him in those characteristics. It means that Allah's sifat are very high, that they are lofty, that they are sublime, that they are high and above everything. The Shaykh in this question he says, What is the Dalil for the ulu al-Sha'n? The highness or the loftiness of Allah's rank or His state or condition. He said, And also, وَمَلَّذِي يَجِبُ نَفْيُهُ عَنِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ And also, What is it that must be denied or disavowed or negated from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, The Mighty and the Majestic? What is it? that must be negated or disavowed, that must be rejected or disclaimed in reference to the Highness of Allah's sifat, His characteristics and His qualities. The shaykh said, know that Ulu al-sha'n, ulū al-sha'n, it is ma tadammanuhu, ismuhu al-Quddus al-Salam, al-Kabir al-Muta'al, wa ma fi ma'anaaha. He said that Ulu al-sha'n, it means it is that which is uh, indicated or that which is composed within His name al quddus Yani the Sifa or the characteristic that is derived or is understood from His name al quddus This is what is meant by al that Allah's Sifat are very high. Al-Salam, the one who is free from defects. Al-Kabir, the great. Al-Mutaal, the Most High. And also all of those names that are similar in meaning that contain such meaning. This is what He means by al-Ushain. It is that description that is contained in such names as Al-Quddus, Al-Salam, Al-Kabir, Al-Mut'a'al and whatever has similar meaning in addition to was talzamat Sifat, Kamalihi wa Nu'ud, In addition to everything that is required or necessitated by His characteristics of perfection and His descriptions of majesty and glory. Yani, all of Allah's Sifat of kamal, of perfection, and his nu'ut of jalal, of majesty and glory. All of these characteristics also entail or indicate the meaning of al sha'an, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that his rank and that his state, it is very high. And then the shaykh after making the statement that uluwa sha'an, yani it refers to that which is contained in such names as al quddus as-salam and that which is necessitated if one would reflect upon all of his characteristics of perfection and his characteristics of majesty and glory. After stating this, then he gives a number of examples that clarify in detail what is the meaning of al الشعر. And he said فَتَعَالَ فِي أَحَدِيَتِهِ فَتَعَالَ fi أَحَدِيَتِهِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his characteristic of أَحَدِيَة يعني of his being ahad, being one and unique that there is nothing similar equal to him he said, "Fata'ay," Allah is high above and far removed. Concerning this characteristic of Ahadiyah, the characteristic of being unique. If we understand that this is confirmed for Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala that He is One and that He is unique, then He said, "We must declare Allah to be high above and far removed from the possibility of their being for anyone or anything in the creation mulk that they have any sovereignty." Or, or any share of the sovereignty, or that they be a helper for him, or a supporter for him, or an intercessor with him without his permission, or that they may have any authority over that which Allah has authority over. He said that Allah is far above and high removed from such possibility. In terms of his characteristic of ahadiyya, his uniqueness, then there is no one that shares with him in anything in this creation, not as a helper or a supporter, or an intercessor without his permission. And also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we must negate from him and declare him to be high above and far removed concerning his عَظَمَةِ his greatness, and his كِبْرِيَاهِ his pride, and his مَلَقُوتِ yani his sovereignty, and his جَبَرُوتِ his omnipotence, or his powerful, his power over everything. We must declare Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be high above and far removed from there being any munazir, anyone to contest him. Or any mughalib, anyone who can overcome him. Or any wali minazil, anyone zul that anyone can be, that he has need of someone to help him. Or nasir, or a helper or a supporter for him. Wa ta'ala fi samadiyyatihi. And likewise in his characteristic, a samadiyya that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is far above. And he is high above and far removed from anyone ascribing to him a sahiba, that he has a companion. Or al-walad, or a child, or al-walid, a parent, or al-qufu, al-ikul, or al similar. Yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his samadhiya, his characteristic of samadhiya, that he is self-sufficient, he is without need of anything or anyone. But everything in the creation is in need of him, and everything in the creation turns to him for their needs. In this characteristic of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we must negate from him that he has any companion, or that he has a child, or that he has a parent, or that he has an equal or anyone that is similar to him. فِي كَمَال حَيَاتِهِ وَقَيُومِيَتِهِ وَقُدْرَتِهِ And we must also declare Allah to be high above and far removed in terms of the perfection of his life and his being self-sufficient, قَيُومِيَةِ In terms of this and his power, then we must declare that we must negate. Or disavow from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al yani the possibility that Allah could die. Allah is high above such because Allah's hayat is perfect and His qayumiyyah is perfect. Al qayyum means that everything is dependent upon Him for the existence and He is self sufficient without any need of anyone. Therefore, we cannot ascribe to Him al death, or sinner, slumber, or noom, sleep, or ta'b, tiredness, or i'ya, exhaustion. Yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he does not become tired nor exhausted nor does he sleep or slumber nor can he die. And then he said, And also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he is far above and high, high above and far removed in terms of the perfection of his knowledge from Al Ghafla that he could be inattentive or unmindful, when Nisyan that he could be forgetful, or that anything even the weight of a, of a small ant or an atom can escape from his knowledge of whatever is in the earth and whatever is in the heavens. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we must negate from him such possibility that there is any unmindfulness or forgetfulness or that anything escapes from his knowledge of whatever is in, in the heavens and the earth. Wa ta'ala fi hikmatihi wa hamdihi, and likewise in the perfection of his hikmah, his wisdom, and how he... Uh, created and how he sustains and rules and regulates and arranges the affairs of the universe. Wa fi hamdihi and his right to be praised due to his actions and his qualities and his characteristics. The perfection of his hikmah and the perfection of his right to be praised necessitates that we negate from him that he created the creation and yani without any purpose. And that he has left the creation without any purpose, without any order. And without any prohibition, and without any resurrection, and without any recompense for what the creatures have done in this world. This is beyond the perfection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his hikmah in the creation of the creation and in his actions that deserve that deserve to be praised. and likewise Allah is high above and far removed in the perfection of his justice. He is far removed from the possibility of doing any Injustice, even the weight of a small ant. To anyone, or that he wronged somebody in terms of taking something from their hasanat, from the good that they have done. No wrong will be done to anyone because of Allah's perfect justice. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is high above and far removed in the perfection of his ghina. That Allah is yani without need. That Allah is rich and free of need. Allah is ghani. al Allah is the one who is rich, who is without need. And the rest of the creatures are all poor and in need. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his ghina, he is also high above and far removed from the possibility of being fed, or being given sustenance, or that he be in need of anyone for anything. Allah is far above uh, and far removed from such possibility. Then the shaykh closes, Yani the detailed explanation that he is giving concerning the highness or the loftiness of Allah's sha'an or his qadr or his manzila, Allah's high status or the perfection of his characteristics and his qualities. He said, fi فِي ma مَا وَصَفَ بِهِ نَفْسَهُ وَوَصَفَهُ بِهِ رَسُولُهُ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عليه وَسَلَّمَ عَنَ wa That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is high removed in reference to everything that he has described himself with and everything that his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has described him with. It is, it is beyond Allah that we should ascribe to Him a ta'atil or tamthil. That is, in reference to what He has described Himself with, it is unlawful, and it is unjust that anybody uh, perform these crimes or the acts of a ta'atil or a tamthil. A ta'atil it means to empty the names of Allah from their meaning or to negate and deny their meaning and a tamthil it means to make examples. For the characteristics of Allah in the characteristics of the creatures, that you make an example. How is Allah's characteristic, one of his sifat, the example for it is the example of the characteristic of a creature. This is prohibited. So this ta'atil and this tamthil, both of these also are to be rejected and to be negated and disavowed from uh to be used or to be used in reference to the characteristics of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala and then finally he said subhanahu wa bihamdihi wa yunafi yunafi al husna, wa وَالصِّفَاتِهِ العلا. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, these expressions or expressions of praise having similar meanings the affirmation of every perfection for Allah and the negation of any imperfection for Allah سُبْحَانَهُ وَبِحَمْدِهِ Some of the scholars said that the meaning of this together that at it means the negation of any imperfection for Allah and Alhamd, it means the affirmation of every perfection for Allah. Because of Allah's perfection, is praised. And we say Tasbih to negate any imperfection from Him. Azza wa Jalla, He is the Mighty and the Majestic. Wa ta'ala, and He is the One who is blessed uh, in Himself and in His Sifat. And He is the Most High. Wa taqaddas, and He is the One who we negate from Him any type of defect or shortcoming or imperfection. And declare Him to be the One who is holy and perfect and who is free from everything that negates or that nullifies his ilahiyya, his uluhiyya, his divinity, and his rububiyyah, his lordship, and his beautiful names, and his lofty characteristics. So here the shaykh has mentioned a number of examples of the sifat of Allah that are lofty and high, and what we should negate in reference to the affirmation of those characteristics. If we affirm them for Allah, then we must negate from him the opposite of them, That is his uniqueness and his greatness and his being self-sufficient and independent and having the perfection of life and the perfection of knowledge and the perfection of wisdom and praise and the perfection of justice and his being without need, perfectly without need of anything in the creation. Al-Sa'di has mentioned some points here that are put further clarification of what we have discussed up until now and it is worth mentioning something from them from amongst what he has mentioned in his explanation or sharh of the section of Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah's book Al-Kafiyah Al-Shafiyah, the section entitled tawhid Al-Anbiya wal-Mursaleen. The Tawheed of the Anbiya and the Mursaleen. As opposed to the Tawheed of the people who have deviated and corrupted the Tawheed. In his explanation, Al-Haqq Al-Wadi Al-Mubeen, Shaykh Abdurrahman Al-Saadi, he has explained the poetry of Ibn al-Qayyim in his mentioning of the names of Allah and the characteristics of Allah and the explanations. Then he has given further explanation of those names. From amongst the names that he explained is al Taha. And he said al Taha is the one who has vanquished, was subdued, everything, in the creation everything that exists and that everything of the created beings is humbled or abased and subjected to him, to his power and to his will. Everything that exists in the upper realms of this universe and in the lower realms of the universe, everything is in submission to Allah. He said that no action takes place, no even stillness in the universe except by his permission. He said, whatever he wills, it will be. And whatever he does not will, it will not be. That all of the creatures are in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and are incapable or unable to do anything except by the help of Allah. He said, they don't possess, possess anything for themselves. ولا 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 that the creatures don't possess any benefit nor any harm. Nor do they possess... Anything that is good or that is evil, it is all controlled by Allah. And then Shaykh Rahman Sa'di, Rahimullah says, then the author, meaning Ibn al-Qayyim, Allah, he said, then he said that his qahr, yani his supremacy over everything, it necessitates other characteristics. It necessitates, and this is what Shaykh al-Hakami has mentioned earlier concerning the manners of evidence or the indications of the Asma al-Husna, the, the beautiful names of Allah that they have different ways of indicating or pointing to the various qualities of Allah and from amongst those ways is il-tizam. iltizam the third of those manners that we discussed previously is iltizam that some of the names of Allah that first they point to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala directly and then they point to the characteristic that is understood from that name and thirdly, they point to other characteristics of Allah that are of necessity. If you reflect upon that name and that characteristic, it could not be unless there are also other characteristics for Allah. And here the shaykh gives an example of that for al qahar He said that Allah's supremacy, it necessitates his hayat, his life, and his izz, his, iz, his, iz, his might, and his qudrah, his power. He said, فَلَا يَتُمُّ قَهْرُهُ that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his qahra, his supremacy over the creatures, it would not be perfected and completed unless, he, unless there is the perfection of his hayat, his life. I mentioned from a month, what he has mentioned in the same book. He has mentioned the names of Allah. And in the poetry of Al-Alamah ibn Al-Qayyim, rahimahullah He has mentioned the names Al-Quddus and As-Salam And the Shaykh uh, Hafiz al-Hakami rahimahullah Has mentioned these names previously When he talked about the four types of indications Of Al-Tadammun yani the indication of the names of Allah by Tadammun That which the names indicate within them or compose of, Or point to He said that from amongst them Is that they point to Allah directly and that they point to the characteristics of Allah's divine being, sifat al that, and they point to the characteristic of His action, sifat al-fīl, and that they point to that which should be negated from Allah, that should be disavowed for Allah, and He declaring Allah to be free from any type of imperfection. And He said that the names that indicate that is al-salām Al-Quddus. A Shaykh Abdul Rahman al-Sa'di says concerning these names, as Ibn al-Qayyim mentioned them in his book. <coughs> Al-Kafi'a, Al-Shafi'a, he said that Al-Qudus, al salam it is Al-Muqaddas, Al-Mu'azzam, Al-Munazda, An-Kullisoo, that it is the one who is holy, and the one who is exalted, and the one who is declared to be free from every type of evil or wrong. As-Salam, Mimma, Min, Mumathila, Ahad, Min, Khalqihi, Wa Min, Nuqsan, Wa Min, Kulli, Ma, Yunafi, Kamali, and he is the one who is Salam, al salam he is Salam, he is free from anyone in the creation being similar to him, being like him al-mumtala that anyone can be described to be similar to him or like him and he is free from nuqsan from any type of defect or shortcoming or, or any imperfection and he is free from everything that negates his perfection As-Salam, from the meanings of As-Salam is that Allah is free from anyone being like him and he is free from any type of defect and he is free from everything that would mean the negation of his perfection. Then he said the dhabit or the rule concerning this matter, yani what, Allah should be, uh, what should be disavowed or negated from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said that we should negate from Allah every defect of any type or of any, any type whatsoever. And we should negate from Allah and declare Allah to be exalted above there being any mathil or shabih or kufu or samih or nid or mudad that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is high above there being any mathil something that is like him or shabih that which is similar to him or kufu that which is comparable or equal to him or samih that which is equal to him or nid, a partner or mudad that which can oppose him or be an opponent for him Allah is free from any... Uh, possibility of these things, and he is also free from any defect in his characteristics. His characteristics being uh, the characteristics of perfection, the greatest characteristics uh, of all. Then he said that from the perfection or the completion of the transcendence, and he is declaring Allah to be free from such things. The perfection of it, what is required along with that. What is required along with declaring Allah to be free from any example or anything that is similar to him or any type of defect or whatever and it might be the negation of his perfection. To complete it, he said, it is required that we make affirmation. It's that sifat al-kibriya wal-azama. That to complete the negation of any defect from Allah, we must affirm. We must affirm also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Characteristic of Al-Kibriya, that Allah is pride, and the one who has the right to be proud. And Al-Azamah, that Allah is great, uh, he is the greatest over everything. For indeed, the negation of imperfection from Allah, it is, what is intended by it is something else. That is not the objective, negating his imperfection. That is not the objective. But the real objective, it is to affirm for Allah, and to preserve and to perfect the characteristic of perfection. The characteristic of perfection From being distorted or corrupted by those who have evil thoughts about Allah, like the people of Jahiliyyah, -jahiliyyah, those who used to think evil of Allah. They used to think of Allah that which was not suitable or appropriate for Him. Then He said, the servant, when He praises Allah, saying, Subhanallah, or Taqaddas Allah, or Ta'ala Allah, and that which is similar to such expressions, when the servant says this, Subhanallah, or Ta'ala Allah, He said, it means that He is praising Allah. He is praising Allah with two things as salama salama min kulli naqs wa itbaat kulli When a person says subhanallah, then there are two meanings contained here. When he says ta'ala Allah, there are, taqaddas Allah, there are two meanings. One that Allah is free from any type of imperfection and the other is the affirmation of Allah i.e. Yani the characteristic of perfection. So this is yani, some benefit that the shaykh has given concerning the matters that we have discussed in this question. There's just a few minutes remaining, perhaps. Um, rather than to go on to the next question, which is very lengthy, and it is a very important question, we, perhaps we can introduce it, but we will not be able to finish it. Yani, the next question is related to the meaning of the statement of the Prophet concerning Al Asma al Husna, Man al Jannah. That Allah has ninety nine names in some of the narrations of the hadith, men yani whoever or حفظها, that person will enter in the jannah And the sheikh says that there are various meanings given to this Hadith. How much time is remaining for that man? Five minutes. The sheikh says that there are various meanings given to this Hadith. From amongst the meanings he said, he said this has been explained. With different meanings. From amongst those meanings, he gives three interpretations of من أحصاها دخل الجنة. From amongst the meanings or the explanations that he has given, he said, حفظها ودعاء الله بها وثناء عليه بجميعها. Yani one of the meanings is memorizing those names. And supplicating Allah by those names. And praising Allah by all of his names. Yani one of the meanings of من أحصاها دخل الجنة, it means to memorize them and to supplicate to Allah by those names and to praise Him by them. And this is the best of the meanings that has been given by the scholars. And Ibn Qayyim, uh, he has mentioned a discussion concerning this in some detail, perhaps, and we will discuss it later after mentioning what the Sheikh has said here. This is one of the meanings. The second of the meanings that he mentions, it is, يعني, he is giving some feel or fuller explanation of the possible the possible meaning that could be given to men ahsarah. He says that from the meanings that have been given, he said concerning those things that it is permissible for the person to act in accordance with it, and yani in those characteristics that it is permissible. Ya sawwal ehtida and it is permissible that you act in accordance with that, that you follow that, that you take it as a model or an example. He said it is like the name al-Rahim and al-Karim, the merciful and the generous or the noble. He said, such names that is, it is permissible for the person to use as a model and try to model themselves after such characteristics. He said the person should train themselves or they should accustom themselves to acting in accordance with those characteristics such that it would be correct that they be described by it. Yani, this is in reference to those things yani, or in a way that is suitable or appropriate to the human being. Yani, it is not that the person will take on the characteristic of Ar-Rahmah or karm, like the characteristic of Allah, but in the way that the human being is allowed to be described with being merciful or being generous. He said those names that it is permissible to take as a model or an example and act in accordance with them, then the person should train themselves to act in accordance with these characteristics so that they would be described by it, so that it would be correct that they be described with such a description. And from amongst those names that are particular and specific to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, such as Al-Jabbar, Al azim Al Mutakabbir. These names Al Jabbar Al azim Al Mutakabbir These are names that it is not fitting and it is not proper that the human being should try to be described with such names. He said in reference to such names it is required that the person affirm them and that they submit and surrender themselves in humility to these meanings that Allah is Al Jabbar. And He's the one who is over everything, who compels and forces Whomever he wills or whatever he wills to do his will. That he is Al-Azim, the mighty and the great and the supreme. and Mutakabbir. he is the one who is great and who is proud. He said these names it is merely required that the human being should confirm them, should affirm their meaning and that they should not attempt to describe themselves or to clothe themselves, يعني, to wear these characteristics, to take them on for the human being. Because these are characteristics that are exclusive to Allah alone. As for those characteristics that contain the meaning of Al-Wa'ad, yani the promise that Allah promised such as Al Ghafur, Al Shafur, Al A'fu, Al Rauf, Al Halim, Al Jawad, Al Karim. yani that Allah is forgiving and that Allah appreciates what the human being does, and that Allah is pardoning and that Allah is merciful and forbearing and generous and so on. Such characteristics like this, from these names, he said, "Min it means that the person should take a stand concerning them, having hope and being desirous of those things that Allah has promised. Being desirous and having hope that Allah will be generous, and that Allah will be forgiving, and that Allah will be pardoning, and so on. These names of Allah. He said, as for those names which contain the meaning of al-wa'id, al-wa'id, the threat. Al-wa'id is the promise of Allah, and the wa'id is the threat of Allah. And as the scholar of the Sunnah said, that Allah's promise is true, and he will never fail to fulfill it. What he has promised, he would do. And what he has threatened with, he might fulfill it. And he might punish whomever he wills who has disobeyed him justly. Or he might forgive them if he wills. As far as those characteristics that contain the meaning of al-wa'id, such as the characteristics of Aziz, the mighty, tiqam the one who, who, who takes retribution, Shadid al-iqab, the one who is severe in punishment, sari al-hisab, who is quick in accounting, taking account, he said these characteristics the person should take the position of al-khashya wa ruhba, that the person should have fear and be in awe. Fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's threat. This is the second interpretation that we should look at the names of Allah in different ways. Those which are suitable for the human being to be described with, in accordance with the imperfection of the human being, the human being should try to possess these qualities. And those which are exclusive for Allah, we should acknowledge them and surrender ourselves with them. And those which have the meaning of promise, we should hope for it. And those which have the meaning of threat, we should fear it. The third interpretation of من أحراء دخل jannah, the Sheikh said, uh, that it is the servant witnessing the names of Allah Acknowledging the names of Allah and giving them their rights giving, Fulfilling the rights of those names معرفة وعبودية The right of knowing them, knowing their meanings and understanding them And then worshipping Allah according to them Knowing them and worshipping Allah according to them The example of this that he gives, he said he gives an example and then he explains that example. The example of how we know the name of Allah and how we worship him according to it, he said, the one who witnesses and acknowledges the highness of Allah, the ulu of Allah, over his creatures. InshaAllah we stop for the Ilan, after the then, just completes this point for Yaznilla. InshaAllah. Allah suballah. Buenas entonces... and in the last the last explanation that the shaykh Allah has given concerning the meaning of the hadith and yani whoever preserves or protects uh, who understands and knows and acts in accordance with these beautiful names of Allah that they will enter the jannah the third explanation he has given is that the person witness and yani he acknowledge these names and give them their full rights in terms of knowing their meanings understanding what they indicate and what they require of him and then worshiping Allah in accordance with that the example he has given, is the person who witnesses the ulu of Allah. Yeah, and he's the characteristic of Allah being high, lofty, being above his creation. He said the person who witnesses the ulu of Allah above his creatures, his being above them, that he has descended above his arsh, and that he is and min khalqihi, completely separate from his creation. Allah is al-khaliq, he is the creator, and everything else is makhloop, creation. And Allah is completely separate and distinct from his creation, he is not a part of it and he doesn't go inside of it, he is completely separate from it, high above everything that he has created. He said, whoever acknowledges this, along with the all-encompassing knowledge of Allah, that Allah has knowledge of everything completely, and his power uh, over everything, and whatever else this entails, and then they worship Allah in accordance with what is required or necessitated by this characteristic. Such that the person's heart has a summit, yani a, the one that one seeks their needs from, one that t- one takes as a goal or an objective to fulfill one's needs. Such that one's heart has a summit that it goes up to. Calling on Allah, nothing, and standing in front of Allah, standing like the humble sir, servant who is in front of a mighty king, standing in front of Allah in light of Allah's loftiness, his sublimity. And that person feels, has the feeling, and as a result of knowing Allah's name and his characteristics They have the feeling that his speech And that his actions are going up And that they are displayed in front of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, Who is above everything That their actions are going up to Allah And that they are displayed openly in front of Allah So that person will feel shy That anything from his speech or his actions Would go up to Allah That would disgrace him Or that he would be exposed and shamed As a result of that He will feel shy if he knows that Allah is high above everything and Allah is lofty and sublime. And he will feel that Allah knows everything and Allah has power over everything and he will be ashamed to speak or to act with anything that would be disgraceful in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That person witnesses the descending of Allah's commands, his awamir, al-ahkam, al-ilahiyya, that what Allah has ordered and the rulings that Allah has made and the judgments that Allah has made. The person sees it descending from all of the... uh, from, from every place in the creation, at every time. He said, with every type of tadbir or that Allah manages and controls and arranges all of the affairs and everything, whether it is giving, causing death or giving life or exalting somebody, giving them any respect and honor, or degrading or belittling someone, lowering or raising, giving and holding, and removing the trials or afflictions or sending them upon the people, Along with the turning of the days The rotation of the affairs of the people People's conditions changing from one condition to another And other things From the tasarrafat Or the actions of Allah in His creation In His dominion, in His kingdom That no one can do except Him If a person acknowledges these things That it is Allah who is giving life and causing death Allah is the one who gives whatever is given Or holds back whatever is held back Allah is the one who controls all of these things He is the one who raises up or lowers the people. It is Allah who gives honor or disgrace to the people. If somebody acknowledges this, then he said, and knowing that there is no one in the creation that can do so, and that whatever Allah orders, or whatever He decides, it is executed in His creation, in His creatures, however He wills. Then he mentioned the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah chapter 32, verse 5, فِي يَوْمٍ كَانَ مِقْدَارُهُ ألف سَنَةٍ مِمَّا تَعُدُّونَ That He is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The one who يُدَبِّرُ الْأَمْر He is the one who controls The affair, the marriage مِنَ السَّمَاءِ الأرض. يعني from the heavens to the earth Or everything that is between the heavens and the earth ثُمَّ يَعْرُجُ إِلَيْهِ Then it will all go back to Him Go up to Allah in a day Which its measure Will be like the measure of 1000 years According to the way that the people are counting today On يوم القيام. He said that whoever fulfills this mashhad, and yani whoever witnesses this scene, whoever focuses upon this and reflects upon it and acknowledges it, who gives it its full right, wa knowing it fully and acting, yani worshipping Allah in accordance to such, then that person would be free of need. He would be, yani he would be He would be free of need of everyone and everything. He would be made free of need by his Lord, Allah alone, and Allah would be sufficient for him. He said this is the example of knowing yani the stifat of Allah, the names of Allah his characteristics and then worshipping Allah in accordance with that, acting in accordance with this. And he said likewise it is, similarly it is the one who witnesses the knowledge of Allah which is all encompassing or the hearing or the sight of Allah and the life of Allah and Allah's self-sufficiency and other than that. He said it is the same for the one who witnesses this, who understands it, knows it, acknowledges it, reflects upon it and acts in accordance with it. He said it is the same for them and he said that no one is given such yani no one is given yani is is blessed by Allah Yani with such to witness this scene and to understand it in this way except As the al those who are the foremost in doing good deeds and the Rabun who are the closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they worship of him in their obedience of that which he has sent and revealed in the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet and is the end of what, uh, what he has said concerning this question concerning the meaning of and Ibn Qayyim, he has mentioned and uh, also an explanation of this that perhaps we will mention in the next lecture with that we will stop here Subhanakallah bihamdika hamdika shadun la illa anta astaghfiruka wa if there is any question uh, or any correction of what has been said so, any comment you can take now, inshallah, just maybe any few minutes, two or three minutes. <laughs> Yeah, the brother's question is, is it permissible, uh, if we said that it is not permissible to make tamsil, to make examples of Allah's sifat, then it, is it an example of making tamsil when we say that Allah sees everything and He sees, He can see a black ant that is in the darkness of the night walking on a black stone. Yani, is that a tamsil? It is not tamsil if it is from divine revelation. Because tamthil it means that the human being uses his mind to try to explain or to describe Allah by an example, that is tamthil, or describing it without any example, that is taqeeef. This is prohibited for the human being to use their intellect to explain Allah's characteristics or to describe them or to make an example for them. However, if it is from revelation, the Prophet ﷺ has made such a statement, so if it is from revelation then it is permissible. But what is not permissible is for the human being to use his intellect to make examples or to make descriptions or comparisons of Allah with something in creation. Allahu there was Somebody else had a question? No. 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 Sister asked a question in reference to uh, the ayah in Surah al the last ayah which we mentioned. Uh, that the, that everything would descend up to Allah on a day which would be equal in measure to a thousand years. Yani alfa sanatin mimma Yani it means it would be equal to a thousand years according to what we consider as a year today. What we consider as a year in our timing, it would be a day, that day, It would be equal to what today is equal to a thousand years. Uh, So the meaning of it now, it means that that day at that time, it would be called a day. However, its it's length of time would be like a thousand years of our time today. Uh, Brother, question in the back? No. Somebody? No, the salama min al naqs means that Allah is free from any defect or shortcoming. al-kamal and the confirmation or the affirmation of perfection for Allah? Yani, you can say in simple words, it means the negation of any imperfection and the affirmation of perfection, and the affirmation of perfection. Okay, we'll stop here, الله. سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك اشهد ان لا اله الا